big star out of me. Make a film about a man who's sad and lonely. And all I gotta do is act naturally. Well, I'll bet you I'm gonna be a big star. Might win an Oscar, you can never tell. The movie's gonna make me a big star. Hey, how are you? Welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II right here, coming to you from Cleveland Community College's C19. TV if you're watching the TV version of this and if you're uh, downloading the uh, audio version that's on WGWG.org. Uh, hanging out over here beside me, uh, man, you heard Mr. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill, good to see you, man. How are you, buddy? I wish. <laughs> I, closest I've ever been aligned to a character like that is when I swept the floors into janitorial <laughs> stuff at my dad's business. Yeah, yeah. No, that's Greg Tillman over there. Good Where's Zane? What's the story with him? Zane is doing uh, stuff that typically will happen if you're a student. Well, he needs here. to get his priorities in order. That's all I can say. He should be here. Yeah, we'll, we'll get Zane back. We're going to talk a little bit about Oscars. We've got a, a show that is crammed full. And a little different. Yes, that's what this is. I'm just happy because it's different, because for once it's good. <laughs> well, we have three interviews lined up, or four if you count. Uh, one of them's got a couple different people. Right. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to interviewing folks from How to Train Your Dragon, the uh, trilogy, uh, the director and the voice talent for that. Also, Rosa Salazar from Alita. And then uh, who else do I've got? Oh, I've got Stephen Merchant, the uh, director, actor, producer, and writer for Fighting With My Family. So uh, we've got a lot of interviews lined up, and we were able to get these things knocked out. So excited. While you were dancing with the stars on all those things, I think I was at the dry cleaners. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm so excited about well, it. Well, we're excited to share these, uh, these with you a little bit later. But uh, first, let's, uh, let's recap just briefly the Oscars, the Academy Awards without a host, uh, they and were who gonna, cares? I know they were going to they were going to dump musical numbers and they were going to give awards out, away during the commercials and of course all that didn't Did happen. Not happen. Um, there was a, a big fallout from that and uh, so you, you had this show that had an opening number with uh, with Queen performing. Yeah. It literally brought Killed people it. brought people to their feet and uh, and then you had uh, Maya Rudolph, um, uh, Amy Poehler, and Tina Fey. Tina Fey that did a, a kind of an opening uh, intro with the first awards. mini monologue. Yeah, and it worked. But but if you did, if you missed it, and you haven't followed what's going on, I'll just briefly mention the big winners. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was the big winner. It got four awards, including a Best Actor award for Rami Malek. There were three films that had three wins each, including Roma. With Alfonso Cuarón and and, and uh, Tim, uh, Tim, uh, Tim Foster back here on the Tim Camp. Tim, you were a little concerned that Alfonso did not recognize me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, well, you, he was speaking in Spanish, and I think if you listen closely, you'll hear Noel was cool. Um, my my daughter would would come. Catherine, I, I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah and Catherine I know a little Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Noel, yeah. Noel. But, but Tim was worried. He texted me right after <laughs> Alfonso's first speech, <laughs> saying he didn't hear, you know, your name mentioned. Yeah, but Alfonso, three awards you took uh, it well, for the movie Roma, and uh, that was pretty, uh, pretty cool. Uh, also, Green Book uh, and Black Panther, they also got three awards each. First time ever for a Marvel film to win, um, to win an Oscar. Yeah. And so uh, Stan Lee got four awards, if you're going to count them. Into the Spider-Verse and three for Black Panther. So. I was happy to see Spider-Verse. Oh, Anything else you want to make sure you add before we dive into these interviews? 
Uh, no, I, I, I just, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I can't yeah, often I say that. Too. And it's a, a slog often through the middle half, but even it seemed to move okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So the Oscars, uh, if you missed it, uh, check out the highlights. They're out there, and it was actually, actually pretty well done. I'll tell you my favorite highlight, and we talked about it before the show, was the, uh, the Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga oh, number. Yeah. Singing, wonderfully shot, beautiful. And wonderful performance for the song Shallow, yes. which I knew when that song was in the movie and I saw it, I said, that's the song to beat. Yep. And it was. It ended up winning yep. for the best Oscar. Highlight of the, in many really ways was. of the night. It really, really was. Yeah. Well, last weekend, a new film opened up uh, in theaters called Fighting With My Family. Got a chance to check this out. And it, it, it relates to wrestling, but it's, uh, it's not a truly a wrestling tale. And it's really a, a, a tale about family and how wrestling binds them. And uh, it's well worth checking out. Uh, I'd give it a solid B rating. I got a chance last week to talk to uh, the director, the writer, and the producer, uh, Stephen Merchant. Um, Stephen Merchant also is the uh, guy behind the original Office TV show with uh, Ricky Gervais on uh, the BBC. He was also uh, involved in a, um, a BBC series called uh, Extras. And he's done quite a few other things. He's a face you will definitely recognize. And uh, we got a chance to talk to him about this movie. Let's uh, go to this interview with Stephen Merchant right here on C19 TV. Hi, Stephen. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to spend with me today. Really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. Well, uh, your work uh, as an actor, writer, producer, voice talent, director for TV and film, I mean, you've got uh, amazing projects when you look at your body of work, everything from... Uh, BBC's The Office, Extras, uh, even uh, a wonderful uh, uh, um, place on Logan uh, yep. for a dermatologist to take a look at, Girl with a Spider's <laughs> Web. I mean, it's kind of go, gone on and on. But with this film, um, Fighting with the Family, you've taken on multiple roles to bring this to life, uh, directing, acting in it, also doing some writing in it. Why was it important for you to bring this story to the big screen? Well, this project did not originate with me. It began life um, as a documentary that was seen, not by me, but by my dear friend, everyone's dear friend, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Dwayne was shooting uh, one of his movies in, in London. He saw this documentary about this crazy, lovable British family of wrestlers. Mum, dad, three kids, they all wrestle. The family dream was to get um, the teenage kids into WWE, which, you know, is the big leagues of wrestling. Only the daughter Paige got signed. She had to go off to Florida at the age of 18, 4,000 miles from home, to try and pursue this dream for both her family and herself. And, you know, Dwayne uh, saw the documentary. He responded to it because he comes from a wrestling family, sent it to me because we'd worked together in the past. And um, I did not know anything about wrestling. I was not interested in that subject. But when Dwayne <laughs> asks you to do something, you do it, obviously. And, um, <laughs> and I saw this documentary, and I just fell in love with this family. I just connected with them. They're this sort of rough-around-the-edges, blue-collar, working-class bunch of people. Um, and even though I didn't know anything about wrestling, I just loved them. I loved their dream. I loved their relationships. And... Um, and as Dwayne had spotted, there's this real heartwarming, funny, Rocky-style underdog story at the very centre of it. Um, and as Dwayne had spotted, it just was, you know, waiting there to be turned into a movie. It is, you know, you, you, you mentioned several things. You mentioned family, of course, that's in the title, and, and you get a sense of uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly of family, and it, I think, resonates with so many people. But this movie, you also get a sense of finding oneself, and there's a sense of empowerment as well that comes through. 
if there's a message you would like audiences to gain from this film, what would that message be and why? Well, I, uh, I related to this family knowing nothing about them or, or their world. And you know, certainly in terms of audiences that we've shown it to, uh, American audiences in particular, even though it's a British family, they've really connected with them. Like you say, they've connected with the, this, 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 this brother-sister relationship at the core of it, this family relationship. And I think it's, it's really for anyone who's ever felt you know, like um, an outsider, anyone who's ever felt different. You know, Paige, like I say, was alone at a young age. She was trying to pursue this dream. She came to America. She didn't fit in. She didn't feel like she was part of the world um, that she'd been thrust into. And it's a really empowering story about realizing that your greatest strength is the very thing that marks you out, that makes you different. And that's hard sometimes to remember particularly when you're younger. And, um, and so I think it is, you know, a really uplifting story. I think you, you start the movie and you're laughing. Um, and I think by the end, you're, you're really choked up. It's very emotional. It's, it's a real kind of emotional journey, um, which I, I love in movies. I love movies that, that, that make me laugh and cry and really kind of take me on, a, on an emotional adventure. Uh, I love that about this as well. And it, 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 you're right. It's, it's a film that can work on so many different levels. But I think for something like this, when you're talking about family, you've got to have the casting in place. And wow, what a great cast you had. And as I watched this movie unfold, there was this organic chemistry between the cast and the characters that just felt so real. So talk about that aspect uh, of directing for you to, to be able to have this kind of ensemble cast come together and, and make this true story come to life on film. Well, obviously, you're starting off with the fact that this is a real family of real people. I went to visit them. I hung out with them. So you have very much them in your head to start with. And when you start to think about actors that can play that, um, you're, you're sort of, I guess, at first trying to, trying to pair them up, match them up physically. Um, we had, uh, you know, Lena uh, Headey from Game of Thrones, who, you know, if people yep. know her from that show, she's sort of this regal kind of amazing presence. And here she is uh, coming to us to say, I've read the script, I've seen the documentary, I want to audition for you, which is insane. Wow. She would never need to do that. And she came in <laughs> and she just did the voice and she got, she was physical and she was playing this rough and ready um, mother. And... Um, and she just killed it. And, and uh, similarly, you know, Nick Frost, who people will know from his movies with Simon Pegg, you know, he was a wrestling fan. Um, and he uh, just really, again, responded to it. And, he, you know, he has a sort of very passing resemblance to the real dad. And, you know, you, you think when you've got these two such unlikely people, put them together, they just had great chemistry, as the, parent, the real parents do. And then we've got these young, terrific young actors uh, playing the, the kids who, who not a lot of our people will necessarily recognise. But... Let me tell you, when you see them, these are stars in the making. I mean, they are... I've worked with some actors over the years where uh, it was early on in their careers, they've gone on to great things, like Martin Freeman, who began in our show The Office and then did The Hobbit and was in Black Panther. Felicity Jones, who wound up in Star Wars movie. And I can't help but feel I should get a cut of their future earnings, you know, from get, for giving them a break early on. <laughs> and I feel much the same way with the actors in this new movie. I just feel like... These kids are, are just stars, um, and I think, you know, they just, they just worked together. They just they hung out, they, they rehearsed together, and they just started to feel like a family unit um, almost from the moment we started working together. Yeah, and it showed. Stephen Merchant, thank you so much for your time. Uh, the film, Fighting with the Family, uh, critics and audiences alike, loving this. So thank you so much for taking time to be with me today. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. I, I do want to thank um, any of these filmmakers and all these filmmakers for taking a chance to allow us to talk to them. 
We're going to come back and we're going to talk to uh, Jay Burrichell and also the director and writer for the How to Train Your Dragon um, trilogy, one of the best trilogies ever right after this break, uh, this intermission right here on C19 TV's Meet Me at the Movies. I'm Old Team Manning II. That's Greg Tillman, and we've got uh, Tim Foster back here on the Tim Cam. We'll be right back after this. They're going to put me in the movies. They're going to make a big star out of me. Hi, I'm Nelson Feaster, the new host of Woman to Woman, our show for women and about women. Each month we feature guests that highlight topics that focus on self-care, health and well-being for women, young and well-seasoned, here in Cleveland County. Join us each month here on Woman to Woman on C19 TV, a broadcast service of Cleveland Community College. Back to meet me in the movies right here on C19 TV. You can email us info at C19 TV, and if uh, there's a website also, if you miss the broadcast version, what's the website? Uh, C19.tv. Yep, and that is for the video version. And That's easy, right? C19.tv. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Tim. Tim's the one that keeps up with all that, so I'm glad Tim keeps us. And you got to have the money. Show me the money. Yeah. That's it. Show me the money. Yeah. That's a good old quote from, uh, from what was the movie? Do you know the movie? Show me the uh, money. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Good yeah. job. And yeah. who, who said it? Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding yeah. Jr., yeah. absolutely. Uh, let's dive in, and we're going to see this uh, great interview, a uh, great interview on their part, but uh, Jay Baruchel, the, uh, the voice talent for Hiccup and also the writer and director, they're going to be joining us right now on C19 TV as we talk about this trilogy and the impact it has had on them and the world. Hey, guys. This is Noel Manning. How are you? Hi there. Well, thanks. Very well. How are, How are you, you? Noel? Hey, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, excited to be here with you. I know you guys are busy, but I really do appreciate you. Thanks for having us. We're all yours. Hey, tell me, uh, tell me what it is that, this is, this is for both of you, uh, what is it that keeps bringing you back to these amazing characters in this, this rich, rich, and uh, exciting and beautiful world? Uh, well, first, thanks for the, the kind words. Uh, we're, we're very proud of, the, of everything we've done as well. And uh, I suspect it was uh, from the very first time I sat down with Dean and he sort of described uh, his instinct and his vision for what this uh, saga could be. Um, we always had uh, a version of this ending in mind. So um, we've been working backwards from this ending for, uh, you know, about 10 years or so. Agreed, yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I keep coming back because it's it's sort of my version of Star Wars. I grew up a Star Wars kid. I loved the idea of the trilogy as a format. I loved, uh, I loved worlds that would keep expanding where you'd meet new characters and new creatures and you know albeit set in the world of Vikings and dragons it does have that quality of continuing to go on. There's discovery and there's wonder and there's an opportunity for you know, well-earned emotion so that, that keeps us inspired and challenged 
and uh, has, has, yeah, in, in a glacial format like uh, animation where it just takes forever to realize something, it has kept us inspired. Well, the, uh, when, when you're able to look at something from that context of realizing you know how you want this to wrap, you, you also look at the kind of the hero's journey or that character arc. Talk about uh, the character arc and who do you feel has the strongest character arc uh, in, in these films? Well, it's too, it's hiccup, of course, yeah. Or potentially toothless. Yeah, yeah as a second, <laughs> as a second, right? Yeah. But yeah, if you think about where hiccup starts, where you know, the first time we see him, he's sort of um, you know square peg, uh, born in the and raised in the margins, uh, trying desperately to reconcile who he is with what the sort of culture he was born to uh, expects of him. Um, at the start of this one, he's the chief of Burke and everything that he has fought for uh, and fought to preserve, which is this sort of utopia where dragons and Vikings can, can co coexist, well, all of that is sort of tested. His beliefs are tested in this one. He's forced to ask himself if, if that utopia is actually the best thing for, for either group. Um, and so uh, that's, a, that's a heck of an arc. That's a heck of a place for him to, to end up, you know, and, and I think it's a testament to how special Dean is and how special and good this movie and, and this saga is, is that our ending in this one uh, feels like it could end no other way. You will watch this movie and, and this will be, this is the only correct ending for this saga. However, I also suspect nobody will quite be able to see it coming. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, you know, as we look at each of these films, separately, I think each has some type of life lesson or message. Talk about the life lesson or message you would hope people would gain from this film, and then uh, all three together, if there's one kind of overarching message that you feel shines. Well, the, the, yeah, that universal theme that we took on for this movie is the, the, the inevitable life lesson of learning to let go of something you love. And it's a transition that we all go through. Parents know it for sure, but I think even kids, you know, anyone who's sort of lost a pet or lost friends to different classes or schools, it, it's, a, it's a moment that we all go through um, in varying degrees of maturity and uh, it really is, it speaks to a, a favorite theme of mine in movies where you have disparate characters brought together for a short time and the, uh, the impact that they have on one another is lasting even should they part. So it's uh, overall I think, you know, it, it, Jay can speak to this. I mean, it's about being true to who you are, even if uh, it's about shining light on those things that we're most embarrassed about, um, our, our, our quote-unquote weaknesses that could actually be perceived, uh, sorry, discovered to be real strengths in the world that can change the world instead of constantly trying to adapt yourself to it. Jay, you have any comments on that as well? Yeah, I think that's that's spot on. I, I, I think, you know, if you understand, if you've ever heard the theory of the inconvenient man, you know, a convenient man adapts himself to suit the world, and an inconvenient man ad changes the world to, to suit him, so that, therefore, any great change, anything important, comes from somebody inconvenient. And I, and I think that that's hiccup. You know, I think that's somebody who uh, has never accepted that just because things are a certain way, uh, means that that's how they have to be, you know. And and I and I and I think he's found a way to exert himself. Um, and and like like Dean said, all all of these 
sort of uh, failings uh, that uh, have no use and put you at odds with the culture you're born into, which can actually turn into virtues. Um, you know, so, so to me, for, for my money, the, these three movies, we, we see the journey of, um, of a reluctant leader assuming his leadership, assuming his mantle, because I believe any great leader has a degree of reluctance. I think the world doesn't need any more eager politicians. Well, you both have been a part of just something incredible, uh, a series of films that's able to speak to families, to parents and to children alike, and I just want to say thank you. Thank, thank you. you. For the opportunity uh, as a parent uh, to be able to, to see my kids grow up and be a part of this journey, so thank you for your time. Thank you, Noel. That's a very kind of you to say. We appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, you guys have a wonderful day, and thanks again for taking the time to speak with me today. You as well, sir. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I want to thank Jay and Dean for taking the time to chat with us uh, again. Really, really appreciate that, and I hope you gained a little bit of uh, insight into the making of the, the films as well. These things are fun, and hopefully we'll have some more of these to share uh, in the, in the not-too-distant future, including right now, uh, Alita Battle Angel. Uh, is going to be joining us, Rosa Salazar, who uh, this is her first time ever in a lead role. She's been the, the supporting character in, in many things for so long. She's worked on American Horror Story, and she's done film and TV, and she's been around for a while, um, even going back to the Parenthood uh, television show yeah. that, was, that was pretty successful. But yeah. uh, here she is. She's decided to join us and talk a little bit about this movie that Cameron Rodriguez and Peter Jackson all had a connection to. Any thoughts before we dive into She doesn't look anything like she does in Alita. No, no. She looks a little different. And uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, about that difference and, and what that was like for her. And there's also some great behind-the-scenes footage, hopefully, we can share so you can see what it took to make this happen. Let's uh, dive into this interview with Rosa Salazar for Alita Battle Angel. Hi, Noel. Hi, Rosa. How are you? I'm well. You have the name of one of my favorite producers that I, I just worked <laughs> with. I, great name. Hey, I love that. I appreciate that. You're Rosa Salazar. Wow. Uh, thank you so much for spending time uh, to talk with me today. I know you're busy. I know you've got a lot going on. And wow, um, you are no stranger <laughs> to acting in film or television. But what was it about the role of Alita Battle Angel that you found different uh, and more challenging for you than others that you performed over the years? Well, you know, you mentioned it. I have been a, a, a gleeful, supporting cast member for a long time. I love being a supporting, uh, I love playing supporting roles. I think that they're, you know, such an integral part of every movie is the supporting cast. Um, they ground the reality of the movie. But, you know, I, I was ready to be used to the nth degree. I mean, I had so much pent-up creative energy. Uh, I just, I, I really wanted to be the bride and not the bridesmaid. And, and this yeah. role is so unique because it's, she's so dynamic. She's not just an easy juxtaposition of qualities, you know, oh, she's smart, but she's sexy, you know, she's brave, but she's timid. It, it, these are the breakdowns we're used to seeing as women in Hollywood. So she's everything. She's an entire wheel of qualities. She's a true representation of what a human woman is like. Um, so just to play someone so dynamic was such a blessing. Uh, the, her story is so beautiful. You know, she's She's a cowboy, baby, and that's what I love about her. <laughs> well, you know, there was definitely, this was just not you on screen. There was a lot of technical wrangling 
behind the scenes to make this performance come to life. And, you know, when you were working with, uh, you know, legends who have uh, perfected and kind of set this up, I mean, you look at the James Camerons, the Robert Rodriguez, and you look at the folks from Weta with Peter Jackson's folks. Talk about how that was for you to, to act, but also do it within this uh, confines of, of, of a suit and other things around you <laughs> that aren't typically there. Well, you know, every single thing you just men mentioned and person you just mentioned uh, made it so easy for me. I mean, I had everything I needed to do my job. Uh, I was supported immensely by all of the people you mentioned. And, you know, Weta, I mean, they have raised the bar. They've spent so many hours uh, on my face. Um, you know, already just kudos to you for having to look at me for two years straight. Um, <laughs> and the suit that you mentioned, you know, the performance yeah. capture suit is incredibly liberating. I know people have a, a misconception that it's, you know, inhibits the performance. Oh my God, in the first place, I wouldn't be able to do this role without it. So it afforded me the privilege to do this role. I, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, but I'm not 14. I'm also not 18. I'm also not 300 years old, and I'm also not a cyborg. So already, I'm very thankful to the technology for letting me play the role. But also, it it liberates you in a way that you're not expecting. You know, what's more inhibiting for me is acting through a full face of latex makeup, a wig, right. uh, a crazy yeah. costume, prosthetics that take hours to put on. I mean. I've done that, and, and that can be incredibly limiting and, and inhibiting to your performance and something you have to work around. I mean, the suit is like the 21st century's answer to, to all of that. I mean, wow. furthermore, as an actor, uh, I want to transform, but aside from transforming, this was actually a chance for me to create an entirely new being out of, you know, out of scratch. Yeah. So yeah. that was incredibly uh, unique. And when I saw the finished product, it was incredibly surreal. I mean, what Weta has accomplished here is, is, is amazing, but we work in tandem. And I think that's the, the big thing to mention here. You know, uh, I make the artistic choices, I give it to them and they uh, match my, you know, they match me and they build Alita, the CGI model. So we are uh, married when it comes to the process. Yeah, I tell you, uh, when, when I saw this on the big screen, the, the visual and auditory sensations just blew me away. And I recommend to people, watch it on the largest screen possible. Hell yeah. The best, the best sound you can have. Because from the opening frame all the way to the end, it's just unbelievable. unbelievable. Thank you, and thank you. Yeah, and you really did bring this character to life. Thank and, you. Uh, I just any any final thoughts you want to share with audiences that you hope will that they will gain from the Alita story. Oh my God, this is this is an intensely relatable story for anyone who watches it. Obviously, young girls will be very inspired uh, by Alita, and, and hopefully, it will help them find their confidence. But you know, Alita is not a superhero. This is very important, a very important distinction to be made. She's not a superhero because she's not born with any, you know, extraordinary capabilities or powers. All of her empowerment comes from her journey inward, going on a journey of self-discovery. Uh, I, I hope that people, all people, boys, girls, men, women, everyone, I, I hope they walk out of the theater going, I can find a hero within myself. 
Rosa Salazar, you are so kind to take your time to be with me today, and I just appreciate that so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time film. to talk to me. Absolutely. The film is Alita Battle Angel. Check it out. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you haven't had a chance to see Alita, I do want to uh, mention that uh, this movie is a visual and audio spectacular. It must be seen on the big screen. Thanks uh, to Dean, to Jay, to uh, Rosa Salazar, uh, and also thanks to Stephen Merchant for joining us this week on Maybe the Movies, a special edition. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, yeah, we didn't need that guy. Yeah, we didn't need Zane. We didn't need Wouldn't Zane. have had time for Zane anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. But Tim, thank you as always. And uh, we are going to leave you guys with a movie quote, as we always like to do. This comes from The Godfather, an Oscar winner. Uh, you know, if you die saying that life is beautiful, nothing else is really important. Enjoy that. Uh, if you can want to email us, do that at info at c19.tv. If you've got questions, comments, or ideas, we'll take your we ideas. We need them. We need them. So for Mr. Tillman, for Mr. Foster, and for Mr. Zane Gray, and Noel T. Man of the Second, right here on C19 TV's Meet Me the Movies. That's a wrap. Mm -hmm.